0: It's time for Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network.
1: Pepsi Giants Extra Point is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giant fans. Hack and Sack, Meridian Health keep getting better. And by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. John Schmoke from Levi Stadium out here in Santa Clara. Jonathan Casillas back at our studios in New York. The Giants fall to the San Francisco 49ers 30-12. to 12. We'll have Brian Dable at the podium shortly. We'll have all the interviews from in the locker room, including Bob Papa, one-on-one with the quarterback of the New York football Giants, Daniel Jones. But first, Jonathan Casillas, I'm going to say just very broadly, and we'll get into more details as we go, obviously, But I think both sides of the ball had opportunities to make some plays in this game that could have changed things, whether it's catching a pass, making a tackle, forcing a turnover. And we went through the game, and no one was able to step up and make that play when they needed it.
2: Yeah, you you hit it right on the head. And, look, Brock Purdy did not have a great game. He was very inaccurate, especially early throwing the football. And, you know, he gave the Giants a lot of opportunities. I think I counted either two or three missed interceptions by some of the defensive backs
1: yeah he threw for 300 yards I didn't think he played that well
2: yeah yeah exactly and you know the Giants still haven't really shored up that you know that run game you know and Christian McCaffrey averaged 4.7 yards a carry on 18 carries and you know if they would have featured him a little bit more in the second half it would have been a little bit more but you know they put the ball in Brock Purdy hands he threw the ball 37 times and like I said he was inaccurate a lot of those times and you know, when he got the ball to these receivers, Debo Samuel, the yards after contact, do you have those numbers, Schmilt? Because I know they're astronomical. He had six yeah, catches for I, 129 I, yards, but I'm sure 70 of them were after the catch.
1: Yeah, I don't have it on Debo. I'll have Matt try to get that for us back, back in the studio. But McCaffrey had 3.83 yards after contact per attempt, which is a wow. fairly astronomical number.
2: Yeah, that's, that's way too much. And, look, McCaffrey is definitely, you know, that guy, you know, like th- he's definitely, you know, the best running back, at least top three in the NFL in terms of all around, you know, and the Giants just didn't really make a play. And and I thought they had some momentum coming out of the half, forcing a three and out by the San Francisco 49ers and getting some points on the board in the third quarter. And then after that, again, missed tackles, missed opportunities, penalties, couldn't get, the, get, couldn't get off the field on third down. You know, I think that Williams, uh, the, the sack or the the quarterback hit that Williams had that they flagged him for, I mean, Smelkie, that's a that's od, and and the refs were a little bit. I don't know if they were picking on the Giants, but the refs were definitely heavy throwing the the flags towards the Giants. When I feel like sometimes they weren't even at fault, but I'm not going to put it on the referees. This is all about the Giants and their performance, and they just didn't show up how you thought they would. Getting off that uh, that second half win. Uh, from the Arizona Cardinals last week
1: yeah look I mean you can argue with some of those calls but no level of calls are going to change a 30 to 12 game here JC so no way you know, the Giants needed to play a lot better in this game and you know both sides of the ball I mean if you just look at very basically and we're going to take a break in a second here to make sure we get Brian Dable up I mean just look at the counting stats the Giants had 150 yards of offense The only reason they scored their touchdown was because of a penalty on a punt Mm
3: -hmm, for a
1: fair catch interference and then a defensive pass interference penalty. So if not for those two penalties, which made up, I think, all but like 10 yards of that drive to the Giants, they might not have even scored a touchdown in this game. So they just have to make more plays down the field. We'll get the final stats here. They're They're not out yet officially, but, you know, last week in the second half, they had six receptions of 15 yards or more, and you just didn't have those type of opportunities to get the ball down the field now part of that was the Niners pass rush which I think came awake in the second half but the offense just was not dynamic enough and the defense frankly could not get off the field
2: yeah too many three announced by the offense you gotta put some type of drives together you know sustained drives you know and your defense keep going out there against this offense that is so versatile that they're distributing the ball and they're getting to some very talented players Kerry Kittles Kerry Kittles.
1: Kerry <laughs> Kittles? He's heck of a shooter, JC. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's the old Nets guy, right? <laughs> well, he's a great tight end, and he showed that his run after the catch ability, so did Debo Samuels, so did Chris McCaffrey in the second half. And I think as the game progressed on, they just got a little bit more physical, and the Giants really couldn't uphold. And I didn't really like how after the, the, the play, after the whistle, they were getting chippy and the Giants were doing like a little extra, and it's like, guys, you didn't do, do it, for it between four quarters, the whistles, right? Between the whistles, yeah. why do it at the end of the game? It's like, I, you know, I don't like that, man. And look, they got to correct a lot of things, you know. But I think missed tackles was huge for the Giants today, and 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 you know, missed opportunities, the missed uh, uh, third down catches, uh, penalties on third downs, missed interceptions that came back to haunt the Giants for sure.
1: All right, let's take a quick break. That was tonight's game breakdown brought to you by Ford, the official truck of the New York football Giants. We'll hear from Brian Dable at the podium from out here in Santa Clara when we return.
0: You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants radio network.
1: Back here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point, John Schmelk Jonathan Casillas with you. Giants fall to the San Francisco 49ers 30-12. to We're awaiting Brian Dable. At the podium downstairs, when we do FM, the coaches' press conference will be brought to you by Hackensack Meridian Health. Keep getting better. And then, JC, there seemed to be a little bit of an opportunity. On the Giants' final drive of the first half, uh, Darren Waller ran a little bit of a slant. A ball was put in his hands. Uh, He had to really stretch his arms out, but it hit him in the hands. I thought it was a ball he definitely, you know... Should have caught. He did not come up with it. That could have been a big catch and run. That could have went for a touchdown. Instead, the Giants settled for three. And then there was a big third down there in the second half where Daniel Jones had some messiness at his feet. He put a ball over the middle to Waller, who separated on a little crossing route over the middle. It's a ball that Waller probably could have caught, but it's also easily a pass that could have been thrown more accurately in front of him. And it just comes down to the Giants have not been precise enough in in really anything they've done these, these first three weeks, except for that second half against the Cardinals, whether it's missed tackles, Aaron throws, drops, we've seen a lot of deflections go up into the air that turn into interceptions, pass protection, lack of pass rush. They just have not been able to get going here and build any sort of consistent momentum, spare those last two quarters against Arizona. And something's going to have to get going here. They have a 10 or 11 days now to try to fix things. But what do you think has to happen first for this team to try to, you know, turn things around here after the one and two start?
2: They got to do some soul searching. You know, a lot of these these mistakes came from, like, them actually making a mistake at the point of contact, right? It's not that they were making mistakes getting lined up or they were in the wrong spot. They just wasn't finishing plays, whether that's catching a ball that's thrown at you in your hands, catching interception, the tips and overthrows. We need those is what we always said on defense. And then, and then also missed tackles. I mean, so many missed tackles. And I heard Carl Banks going over over and over again, and that's the same oh, thing I was happy, thinking. Yeah. Yeah, he was not happy, JC. He was not happy. That was the same thing I was thinking, you know, because at the end of the day, look, you guys are paid to tackle, you know. Like, Kittles is a very, very strong guy. Debo Samuel's same thing. You can't just go up and hit those guys. You can't duck your head. You got to go up and wrap those guys up and drive your feet. And I really didn't see that too much on the back end from a lot of guys. It wasn't just one guy. It was several different guys on the back end, including linebackers. And they have to improve that because there's just so much skill in this league at on offense that you have to tackle better.
1: We're awaiting Brian Dable downstairs at the podium. As soon as he begins, we will get it downstairs to him. Uh, they had J.C., the Giants, for how about this? This is PFF, and this is obviously them tracking as we go here. In the run game, they had the Giants for seven missed tackles. In the passing game, they had them for eight. Wow. That is 15 missed tackles in a game. Uh, I don't have what the what the league averages per game, but just, just as an example, they had the 49ers in the pass defense portion of this um, as uh, with zero missed tackles, and in the rush game, they had them for two. So that is – one of those things where you got to get these guys down, you get in the right position, and you just have to make those plays because, to your point, guys like Debo Samuel, guys like Christian McCaffrey, they're just so explosive and so talented that you got to get them down or they're going to turn it into a gigantic play, and it's hard for a defense to survive so many explosive plays
2: yeah 100% and and like we was talking about earlier Brock Purdy was not perfect early he he looked a little off he was a little inaccurate and the giants just didn't capitalize they allowed you know these receivers and the running backs for San Francisco 49ers to to break tackles you know and and create different angles and you know the younger guys you know Hawkins and Banks they play well at times, but also they made some mistakes, you know. But that's expected with these younger guys. And I keep saying this over and over again because I expect rookies to make mistakes. But guys like Dexter Lawrence, you know, we just need more from him because he's such a dominant player. And I just didn't hear his name enough. Because, look, when it comes like you come to a team like this, who is going to step up and make plays? You know, I'm, I'm always talking about that because you need a big dog going against teams like this. And Dexter Lawrence is a big dog. You know he needs to go ahead and put the the team on his back because we seen him do it last year. Such a tremendous year he had last year, and he's just getting off to a slow start. But the Giants need him. They need him now because you feed off momentum. You feed off big plays, and they're just not creating big plays on defense.
1: No, they're not. They did get their first sack of the year in this game. Uh, J.C. in the first Coverage half. Coverage it, yep. it was a mm-hmm. bit of a cover sack, right? Mm-hmm. I thought D.J. Davidson actually got some nice pressure on that. Yes. I thought D.J. Davidson actually played a pretty darn good game. game. Yep. Unfortunately, he had to leave the game with an elbow injury there in the second half. And then Kayvon Thibodeau, who was cut either by a tight end or a running back on the play, I don't recall which, he kind of got up and, and and had a free run at Purdy there. And the Giants did do a decent job, I thought, in this game getting pressure on Purdy, to be honest with you. They had a 35% pressure rate. They pressured the Niners on 15 of their 43 dropbacks. That's not bad. It's pretty good. They deployed to do it but then when you got pressure they weren't finishing on the back end in terms of coverage and Deontay Banks you know he had an arm injury and he was questionable to return he never did get back in that second half and I think you felt his loss there because you then had Darnay Holmes who had to go into the slot he had that one big defensive holding penalty called on him on yeah. Debo Samuel on that little slot fade they tried to run he didn't make a nice tackle on a screen, play uh, to to his credit. But now we gotta watch Deontay Banks and, and hope that he's ready to go. And we'll talk more about that. But first let's go downstairs. The Brian Dable press conference is brought to you by Hack and Sack. Meridian Health Keep Getting Better. Brian Dable at the podium after the Giants thirty to twelve loss to the 49ers downstairs.
3: Yeah, you know, we, we um, you know we went down there, got points. Obviously you wanna you know start fast. That's a that's a heck of a team. Um, you know usually it comes down to you know, making plays when you have an opportunity to make plays, and they did a good job. You know, give them credit. That's a heck of a football team there. Um, you know, came back out, had a score, went for two to try to cut it to three. It was a seventeen to twelve game there. So, um, you know, they just give them credit. They did. They did a lot of good stuff. That's a good. That's a good team. Yeah, I think they were seven and nine. Um, in the first half, and a few of them were screens where they just caught and run, and you know, got a to ball and make tackles. Um, again, I'd say both sides. You know, it was third down was a huge tonight in this game. It was a contributing factor to. It must have been double the time of possession, I think, somewhere around there. So, uh, when you're not converting third downs and you're giving up some third downs, there's time of possession. Um, so, defense gets tired. We're not out on the field offensively enough. It's a you know, collective thing.
4: I would say you knew the running-
3: Yeah, look. Again, that's a good football team. There's a lot of stuff that we can do better. um, You know, really in every phase. So that's what we'll, uh, you know, we'll get back to work and um, get a couple days off here. Obviously, the the players get some days off and try to correct some things and and come back ready to go. No, no, they they played their defense. They're fast, uh, talented, you know, aggressive. Um, nothing in particular. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to. I'm gonna watch the tape on the way back, and um, you know, I'm sure if there's plays that that he'd like to have back. I'm sure there's plays that everybody would like to have back. That? Yeah, no no excuses. We got it. We could do a better job. yeah I think again, it's you've you got to take um you know the good from it, and you've got to learn from the bad, just like like every game. Uh, the guys competed, um, you know we competed all the way to the end, you know they made they made more plays than we did, um, so you go back and take a look at it and you know get get going on the next week. No, no excuses. Nope. What made you decide uh, to go with Mew over Lewinsky? Um, yeah, that's something that we talked about as a coaching staff. Uh, you know, he was going to go in at left. Mark would go in at right or be a backup to him, um, give him an opportunity to go out there and play. What
5: did you see in a skirmish
3: at the end of the first half? The... the yeah, I, I saw a couple punches uh, be thrown, and then the refs backed everybody back off it was... I couldn't see the whole thing. I just, you know, saw a couple, a couple punches there.
5: There a couple
6: say,
3: Kwan's more for somebody come back? Yeah, I'd say he was, <clears throat> he was considerably better, you know. And, again, I talked to him the day I talked to you guys, and the next day he just said, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll be able to go. I said, okay, we'll rule you out, and we'll see where it goes next week. But he's walking around. Yeah, the one was the over. Um, and then the other one, yeah, the other one was a double move. Uh, you know, that one was close. Yeah, we just, you know, we missed it. Yeah, we missed the one on the over. The other one was it was fairly tight coverage. You try to put it, you know, kind of behind them. But the one that we missed on the over there was I think an 11-point game there at that particular time, and it just it sailed over his head a little bit. Is that a catch that you make, or is that a catch? I, I think it was – I think it was – you know, a little bit high. Yeah, they it was overthrown. Maybe other than
7: the first play, like you didn't
3: really take many shots out there, were they, were they taking that away? Or- yeah, we called, we called a fair amount of them with, you know, all of our guys, whether they're high V's, crossers, middle posts. Um, you know, a couple of times we had them, and the protection kind of leaked. A couple of times we, you know, they covered them. So, um, you know, it was a delicate balance there with that that uh, or defensive line that they got of you know how many guys you keep in to help out the protection to make sure you can get off more vertical routes versus getting it out a little bit quicker and you know again I, I just give that team a lot of credit they're they're a really good football team. Going back to Saquon, When don't have him, does that um, make it harder to have play action be effective the does not have. To play. Yeah, no 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 excuses with with anybody that missed the game or who played um, you know we have to we have to go out there compete and um you know, Try to win our football games. Uh, there's no excuses. Is that a legal contract that came on? Did you think it was within the five yards? Yeah, but it wasn't, I guess. Do
8: you feel like there were some... You guys had some calls to the families. you feel like you're not trying to find it? Do you feel like some of them were...
3: No, I mean, look, they call what they see. they got they got a tough job to do. Uh, and again, that's 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 an excuse. We're not going to make excuses about any of it. Yeah, it was right. At, you know, he landed right on him, full body contact. So, um, you know, I understand why they called it. The break full, so yeah, try to go to the side. You know, that's, you know, it's hard to do, but it's, you know, they've shown plenty of, of, of tape to us. And, um, you know, Leo was playing, playing his tail off, playing hard, and uh, just land it right with full body contact. They'll, they'll call that <clears throat> mostly every time. Yeah, you got to be at your best every week. Uh, and again, they are a, a very good football team. You play very good football teams every week, so a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, we'll clean up some of uh, some of the mistakes, uh, learn from some of the good things, and, and get ready to play next week. Yeah, I, I think we'll see. Um, you know, he's been getting better. Uh, we'll see where he's at. Um, I'm not going to give it a, a timetable. I just know that. Uh, since it happened, each day has felt a little bit better.
8: do six
3: days still Yeah, well, I mean, right now I'm just, you know, we just got done getting beat. Uh, so you're not happy ever when you get beat. Uh, but I have a lot of confidence in the people in our room, and we got a lot of work to do. Uh, so, again, make no excuses. Um, roll up your sleeves, go to work, and uh, have a good week of practice. I don't. Davidson, you know, Nothing I I haven't talked to again, I haven't talked to Ronnie yet, so you know, Banks I see is an arm, Davidson is an elbow. That's that's what I got on this. I uh, give Tyrod an opportunity to, to try to get a drive. You know, try to finish. <clears throat> play, to, play sixty minutes. Yeah, uh, you know, had some had some good routes in there. Um, it was good to get them back. Uh, you know, we had a pitch count on them for this game, and then hopefully next week we'll we'll add a little bit more to it. Okay. Thanks, guys.
1: That is head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable, joining us downstairs. Nobody else at the podium today except for Daniel Jones, but we're going to have Bob Papa one-on-one with DJ, so we will take that instead. A lot more coming your way on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. We'll talk about exactly what Brian Dable just said and more when we return.
0: You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network.
3: Jones over center. Hand off, Breida, dashes up the middle, Breida to the five, Breida to the goal line, is he in? No single, yes, touchdown Giants! Matt Breida, the former Niner, races it in, and the Giants score here in the third.
1: It's now 17-12 with the extra point pending. That lone Giant touchdown drive of the game is tonight's scoring drive of the game, brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giant fans, that drive, just two plays, 37 yards, including that 22-yard pass interference penalty called on Lenore trying to cover Darren Waller down the sideline. And then Matt Breda runs it in from eight yards out. The Giants failed on their two-point conversion. And that was as close as the Giants got at 17-12. to And then... The Giants just couldn't really do much else offensively the rest of the game, J.C. I'm going to go through some of the drive counts here, and I think this is always very important to kind of go through this over the course of every game. And, you know, you take a look at it. The Giants did not have one drive in this game that gained more than 50 yards on an individual drive. They had a field goal drive for 49, a field goal drive that went 37. Their touchdown drive went 37 with the penalty. And then the 49ers had five drives that went 64 yards or more Six drives that went 50 yards or more. And I think that kind of just sums it up where the Giants were not able to get off the field. Brian Dable mentioned the uh, time of possession battle. The Niners won that 39 minutes and 10 seconds to 20 minutes and 50 seconds. And doubled it up. And, yeah, I mean, when you can't convert third downs and and you can't stop the other team from converting third downs, the Giants just 3 of 12, Niners 9 of 16, that's how you get that type of imbalance.
2: Yeah, and honestly, the Giants were a lot closer, you know, during the game than I think they could have, should have been because the San Francisco 49ers were outgaining them like that the entire game. It was always almost a two-to-one time of possession. I mean, yardage is insane. You got what, total yards, total 441 yards,
8: to 150, to
2: 150. It's yep. over almost 300 yards out gained, which is insane. And the Giants only average 3.3 3 yards per play. So, th- look, the Giants, they have to do some soul-searching, you know, and, and injuries are going to happen. You know, Saquon being out, Andrew Thomas being out, like those are not excuses to lose the way they lost and to put forth an effort, I feel like. And it's a collective thing. It's not one person. I'm not trying to single nobody out or anything. It's a collective effort. Just like it was a collective effort in week one. It you was see,
1: a- I, I just wanna be clear now. When you say effort, you're not saying guys aren't trying. You're saying effort as an executing at a high level, correct?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say I don't say guys aren't trying because everybody's trying. But it's sometimes like when that ball was in the air when Hafunga made that interception, there were other Giants players around, you know, and like making a split the second second choice of not going in there or hesitating a little bit you know that's going to cost you you know there's no there's no place for hesitation there's no place for second guessing in the NFL everything's moved to move too fast and that's the effort i'm talking about and some yep. of that comes to you know making tackles like actually trying to go in there and understanding who you're bringing down and how you need to tackle him and doing it that way
1: No, absolutely. It's just kind of, when I get it, when I say extra effort plays, I just mean those going above the X's and O's plays, right? And those just weren't there where you get a little bit more to make just a really nice play that can turn a game. And we got those from the Giants in the second half of that Cardinals game. Mm -hmm. but. We just didn't see those in week one, and we didn't see those today against two of the you know most talented teams in football in Dallas and the 49ers. And that was the other thing that Brian Dable talked about. He talked about the missed opportunities and not making plays when it counted on both sides, whether it was you know getting the 49ers off the field on those third downs, trying to make tackles on those couple of screen plays that gained big yards, getting pressure when you need to. You know He talked about the, the slant to Waller where he couldn't make the catch. You had the play over the middle where, you know, to, to quote Brian Dable, he was overthrown. The ball a little too high over his head from Daniel Jones. You uh, had to play down the sideline where he couldn't quite come up with the catch when there was tight coverage on the sideline, a little bit of contact. And just they couldn't find someone to make that play to to turn the tide. And when you're playing a team like the 49ers with guys like Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, who were turning, you know, two or three or five or six yard catches into twenty and thirty yard gains because of their ability to to make special plays, you just weren't seeing enough of that on defense of the Giants or when they had the football.
2: Debo Samuel outgained the entire receiving core for the New York Giants. Including Darren Waller. Take out, you know, the running backs, but that's that's not good. <laughs> that's not good at all. You know, and you know and 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 Waller He's such a tremendous player. Like, you expect more from him. You know, like, you don't expect people to hit the ball away when the ball is in his hands. You know, and the Giants need to have their big-time players make big-time plays, you know, and then everybody else kind of would follow suit. You know, it's it's a momentum thing, too. But then it's also, who are your big dogs? Who is your dogs that's going to go in there and fight and bite and do the the first action, right? And it's just... I don't know if they're just reserved or they're just trying to, you know, get together because the preseason is so, like, almost non-existent, you know. But, like, good thing the Giants kind of got this out the way early. Hopefully it's a good thing. And they learn from this because they do have some time before they play with Monday Night Football against uh, the Seahawks uh, on Monday night at home, the next home yep. game, you know, which is going to be another huge game, another prime time game. And the Giants haven't had a lot of luck in primetime games, but – you know, this is going to be a, a week of reflection and a week of soul searching. Of course, they're going to recover from this game. A lot of injuries happened tonight. Um, I think Adoree Jackson was playing very well. I think that last catch with Debo Samuels was a very well thrown ball by Brock Purdy. And if I'm not Little mistaken, shoulder, right. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was zero coverage, and they just didn't get there. When it's zero coverage and the quarterback has the time to throw the ball that far downfield, I don't put all the responsibility on the corner that's going against one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. And the quarterback just threw a perfect ball. But it's always a collective effort, Schmokey. This is, this is a collective effort and a collective loss that you can point at so many different mistakes on so many different levels. And I'll tell you what, uh, Gillum, he punted the ball very well. His first punt was 60 yards. He averaged 52.7 yards per punt, even though he had six punts, which is a lot of punts. But I think he punted the ball very well, and uh, Eric Gray had a nice return. You know, so special teams, I think they did decently in special teams. But you know, I'm looking at the statistics, and McFadden had 10 uh, tackles and he had four TFLs, but he definitely missed at least three or four tackles, right? You know, these guys, yeah. everybody collectively, they have to make the plays that come to them. Yes, these players, Debo Samuel, Christian, Mad- they're really good, but you know, the Giants got a lot of good, really good players too. You know, and and they just haven't been showing up like you want them, especially on third downs offensively and defensively.
1: Yeah, and they have to do more of that. And we'll have more. We'll open up the phones, 877-337-6666. 877-337-6666. Get on the line. Talk some Giants football with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Kayvon Thibodeau from the locker room on Pepsi Giants Extra Point when we come back.
0: You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network.
3: This is Darius Slayton, and you're listening to the radio home of Big Blue the Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM New York.
1: Back here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point, let's pause 10 seconds to give our stations a chance to identify themselves on the WFAN Giants Radio Network.
0: WFAN, WFAN WFAN-FM, WFAN-FM HD1, New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.
3: Jones brings his team to the line. Shotgun set again. Two receivers left. Takes the snap. Back to throw. Lobs one down the left side. Slayton makes the catch and then gets pushed out of bounds at the 45-yard line.
1: That was the Giants' largest play of the game in terms of air yards That pass to Darius Slayton on the sideline, kind of a back shoulder catch there um, that helps set up a Giants field goal along the way here uh, in the Giants' 30-12 loss to the San Francisco 49ers. That, I believe, was a 17-yard game there for Slayton on that uh, final drive. At the half to set up a Giants field goal. It was a beautiful shot. John John Casillas, back <laughs> with you. Exactly. Not. No, the JC, 100% right. I think that's, a, and that frankly was really the, the best downfield throw and attempt that the Giants really had for most of this game.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they were putting together a drive, like you said, right before half, and, and that drop by Waller just, you know, stymied the whole thing. And, you know, like I said, I don't want to pick on anybody, but Waller is such a tremendous player, bro. And, You know, you rely on your your big time players to make big time plays, you know, and it just hasn't been showing up from not just him, but really anybody really, you know, just going out and above and beyond. And like I said, the extra effort, not just the effort on every play, but the extra effort to break up the interception, to go ahead and, you know, step up to that contested pass from that defensive back, because. Look, the 49ers on defense, I think they played really well today. I think they tackled really well, and they were all over the place. They only had two sacks, and one was almost a freebie to, uh, to Bosa. But I think they played very well on defense. But the Giants need to put together a defensive game like that. They need to do it because right now their offense is just trying to figure out what exactly their identity is, and you have your best two players on offense out in Saquon Barkley and Andrew Thomas.
1: All right, let's get to the calls here. Uh, I know it's late, folks, so we appreciate it on the East Coast. It's past midnight, so get on the lines. I'll try to get you in as quickly as possible. I won't try to leave you on hold for very long. I know Giant fans probably are not thrilled. Let's hear from you on the phones, 877-337-6666. Let's go to Matt in Danbury. He is up first on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Hi, Matt. Hey,
9: what's going on, guys?
1: What's going Uh, on, Matt? What's up,
2: Matt?
9: I, I got so many gripes with this game, obviously, but but the one thing that is really upsetting me is the fact that Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt had zero targets tonight. How is that possible? After what he did for this team last week, sparking that offense in the second half, having a huge catch on that last touchdown drive for them, you're going to turn around – and, and disrespect him, basically, by not giving him a single target the entire game, like, that's no, Matt. completely unacceptable to me. You have to no, find Matt, a I way get to get the
1: ball in his hands. have to find a way to get – I don't want to hear it. You have to find a way to get a <laughs> ball in his hands. I hear you, Matt. I know that. I hear you. He only, he only had those two targets last week, mind you. Right. He only got I two targets was, on a year, right? Uh, I think he had a target in week one. Then I could be wrong about that. He had 14 snaps in which there was a pass play in this game today. And overall, this is unofficial because the official snap cuts aren't out. He was out there for 16 plays. I know there was at least one play that I noticed where he was running a deep post and there might have been a play to make to him and pass pressure made Daniel Jones pull the pull, pull the ball down and step up in the pocket. Brian D'Abel sent us post-game press conference. And, and Matt, thanks for the call. we we. We share your frustration that they could have had some chances down the field, and either there wasn't enough protection to do it when they had them, and then other times the Niners covered those plays down the field a little bit. But you're right. A week after Jalen Hyatt made a couple big plays, he was a at least not a factor in the passing game in this game. JC,
2: yeah, and but I hear Matt. You know, I I hear you, bro. You know, like we we all watched Jalen Hyatt open up the game last week and just throw that first punch in the fight to get back from being twenty down, right? And you, you would like to see him today, right? You definitely would like to see him. And he's non existent on the stat sheet, you know? And it's not just Daniel Jones, it's the protection. It's, you know, what the 49ers were doing defensively. And, you know, I, I give my credit to Daniel Jones, man. He does, uh, I think, uh, an unremarkable job, uh, a remarkable job, excuse me. In the pocket and escaping and creating and extending plays. Uh, one of their longest plays to Brightwell early in the game. You know he extended outside the pocket and threw a good ball and Brightwell caught it on a run. You know Daniel Jones is. You know he he's doing the. I think he's doing the best and the most he can. It's it's tough to ask when it's just so many different holes in the offense. You know, especially on offensive line. You know you got your top two uh, players on your offensive line on your on your left side. They're both out. You know, and, and look, the other teams know these things, too. So they're going to create one-on-ones with who they think the weak links are. And I think that's what you saw today. You know, you saw a lot of one-on-ones with Daniel Jones had to get the ball out pretty early or he had to escape outside the pocket. Yes, that creates a little bit of time, but it also kind of takes away from your rhythm and your and your timing on these routes, you know. And it, it definitely sucks, and I, I, I agree with Matt you definitely need to get that ball to Jalen Hyatt because he shows that he's definitely the most explosive person on this offense. But sometimes, I think tonight, he just didn't really have enough time.
1: That, By the way, that Slayton catch was tonight's play of the game presented by our local Ford stores. Ford is proud to be the official truck of the New York Giants. I promised it. Kayvon Thibodeau addressed the media in the locker room after the game. Let's listen in.
7: We played good. I feel like uh, we came together. Um, we let them get too many third downs, uh, but I feel like we played well. We took a step in the right direction. We came out with a you
10: victory. I think the first thing that
7: happens our Um, that's the way Witt calls it. You know, he calls the game, and we go play. So I think the team is uh, confident in the play called. and I feel like you know um, that's a part of our DNA
11: it got pretty tested out there but like there were a couple times it seems like there was some extracurricular activities or something going on between you guys and I mean it's just,
7: a, it's just the heat of the game you know when uh, you, you got big games you got a lot of great players on the field it gets chippy
8: <laughs>
7: nah. Kavon how do you how do you guys lead this obviously you know this trip you, know, you played two games five days you get on a plane now what do you feel about this team right now uh, we're trying to build it brick by brick. Um, we started playing a little bit of complimentary football. I feel like there were some spurts of the team that we could be. Um, we just got to be more consistent. Hey, Bob, some of the
8: screen passes, some
7: tackling, some of the defense. What, what was your sense there? Uh, fundamentals. We got to run. The, the screen belongs to everybody, so we all got to be a part of it. We all got to do our job. You know, um, it's, it's a team game at the end of the day. So, can't really blame not one person, you just gotta keep getting better at the fundamentals.
4: Is that especially frustrating, these years, you know, they're not beating you over the top a couple times stayed
7: on the field for the Yeah, I would just say that was good execution by them. You know, we just got to pick our game up and know, you know, that's situational awareness. We got to know that, you know, when we send a pressure to teams, they're going on screen and we got to be ready for it to ride to the ball. Okay, what, you know, most people
4: think the 49ers are one the best, if not the best,
10: team be. What is this game tell you about where your team is? We just got to
7: continue building. Like I said, we had a few spurts of, of uh, the qualities that we want to have and the things we want to exert, but we got to be more consistent. We got to execute at a high level, and we got to keep building as a team. Cool.
10: Thanks, Kevin. Thanks,
7: Kevin.
1: Our player press conferences down in the locker room are brought to you by MetLife, the official insurance company of the New York Giants. JC, obviously defense searching for answers.
2: Yeah, because I mean he said they played well. I don't know what game he was playing tonight, but they definitely didn't play well. I mean, you know, the numbers speaks for that. I mean, four hundred and forty four forty one total yards. I you know, I mean it's it's hard, man. And and that's the thing, Schmelke. I've been a part of bad losses, and you trying to figure out what happened. You know, how did it get out of the control the way it did, you know? Even the Dallas game week one, you asked me what happened. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, because just <laughs> it, it's, it's so many things that go wrong, and it's like, all right, how did it get like this? You know, this is not as bad of a loss because the Giants showed that, the, the you know, they can move the ball at times, and the, the defense, I think, tackled better at times. But then also, you know, there was a lot of bad tackling out there in general for the whole game. You know, and it, you're just trying to search for answers, like, because everybody wants to improve. Nobody wants to, to see this again, you know, so everybody search for answers. Guys are going to talk on the plane like, man, what do you think happened? Or what happened on that third down? Like, they're they're going to try to figure this thing out, you know, and then once they get back and they get with Wink Martindale, I, look, I, I have the utmost confidence in these coaches with these players that they're going to correct things and they're going to have a better showing the next time we see them because they need to do it. Because if not, then this is how it's going to be during the season. They have to respond. They have to do some soul searching. And they have to see what they can do personally to improve themselves to help contribute to the team.
1: All right. When we come back, we'll hear from Daniel Jones downstairs, his one-on-one with Bob Hope after every game, and we'll get back to you on the calls. I promise you. First thing we'll do in the next segment, we'll get to you on the phones. Jake in New Haven, I know you're on the line. You will be up next when we return on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Again, Giants fall to the card to the Forty uh, Nine ers, thirty to twelve.
0: You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants radio network.
12: This is Daniel Jones, and you're listening to Giants Football on the Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York.
1: And we will hear from Daniel Jones in the locker room one-on-one with Bob Poppin just a little bit here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Giants football is brought to you by our local Ford stores. Ford is proud to be the official truck of the New York Giants. For current offers, visit buyfordnow.com. We are going to get to your calls in just a second, I promise, at 877 66-66. 66-66. But first, uh, before the buses pull out and he gets on a plane and he loses a cell phone signal, we want to get to Paul Dettino, who just did a great job. He's going to say he sent in around like four interviews or so from the locker room. want to talk to him downstairs about kind of what the tenor and what the mood was in there. Paul, obviously not positive, I'm sure, but what was it like downstairs in the Giants locker room following this 30-12 to loss to the 49ers?
9: It was very quiet, John. Very, very quiet. Uh, Guys seemed to be upset, disgusted, uh, just shaking their heads at what had just happened. Uh, We heard a lot from defensive players as we were walking around the locker room, uh, you know, understanding that there were too many missed tackles. Guys didn't make enough plays. Guys didn't follow their fundamentals. Didn't get the stops they needed to get. Uh, Didn't hear too many offensive guys uh, talk as we were trying to – you know, make our way through. It was it was a very, very, like I say, quiet locker room. And I, I don't know how to read that because I know the guys verbally express disgust. But as you know, and Jonathan knows, you can express disgust if you like, but you got to do something about it. And, and for three games in a row now, this defense outside of a couple of fourth quarter stops against the Cardinals hasn't really stepped up and played the kind of defense we thought they could.
2: Yeah, because the defense was the strong point with the Giants last year and we thought going into this year, led by their defensive front. And they just haven't been showing up, you know, especially on third downs where you need to get off the field, you need somebody to make a play, and it just hasn't been happening. You know, and this is three weeks of this, like you said, uh, Paul, you know, and and these guys got to show up. Dexter Lawrence, look, we all love Sexy Dexy. He hasn't danced one time in three games, guys.
9: Well, I think what really was disappointing about tonight's game, fellas, is that even though they were they were being outplayed by San Francisco, it was still only a twenty to twelve game mm-hmm. going into mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. It's a yep. one score game. I mean, they're still within arm's length of of doing something, and instead, you know, the Niners bridge the third and fourth with a scoring drive. Uh, they get a field goal, and then they, they get the ball back the next time, and once again, they go the length of the field, and they get a touchdown, and now the game's out of reach. Um, You know, I mean, if, if you can just dig down somehow and get a stop there, you give your offense an opportunity maybe to put some pressure on San Francisco and potentially turn the tide.
1: Called did anyone raise their hands on either side of the ball and and try to take it on their shoulders and say I need to make a play I need to do this is you know because you you mentioned it this is what Brian Dable said at his press conference too just no one on either side of the ball at some point just stood up and made a big play to try to turn the tide of this game.
9: Well, and and that's the problem. All the guys are basically saying collectively. Uh, I, I I did not catch anyone in particular. Uh, Bobby Okereke, you'll listen to his interview I'm sure in a little while. Um, yep. you know, he, he's, he's trying to take as much responsibility as he can, trying to assert himself as a leader on this team. Although he's a new guy, you know, that's a difficult thing to do. Um, I, collectively, everybody in that locker room seems to be willing to share in the blame, which I suppose is a good thing. You, you want to have accountability, but John, you know, as Jonathan will probably tell you, you know, it all starts with each guy playing better himself. And then collectively, they will follow.
2: Absolutely. That, and that's the point I was making before we got you on the phone. The guys have to do some soul searching. You know, how could I improve individually to help out this team? Because there's mistakes across the board, both when the, before the ball is snapped and then after the ball is snaps. Too many missed tackles, you know, and that's, you know, that's some... That's, that's you know, that's a man stuff right there. Like, you got to take accountability of that, you know. A lot of times where they were one-on-one with some of these guys, and you're not, these are these are not rare guys in the NFL. Like, there's a lot of guys that run hard and are hard to bring down in the NFL. You know, the Seahawks have a whole bunch of them. One at wide receiver, DK Metcalf, right? It's very similar in body style to Debo Samuel, right? You have to... Take it upon yourself to go ahead and go all out when you're making a tackle because that's what is required for you to make a play, and they just haven't been doing it.
9: You know, guys, maybe the one, I don't want to say it's a silver lining because it's not a silver lining, but they have been beaten soundly now by two of the premier teams in the league. Uh, You're not going to face a premier team every week as we now know because they just played the Cardinals the other day and came back and beat them. Uh certainly when you look at the measuring stick of the upper echelon of this league, right now the Giants are not there. It's just that simple. Can they get there? Only time is going to tell. But right now they are not
1: there. Yeah. Paul, say, I'm sorry, JC, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say they're they not even close.
1: <laughs> sorry. Paul, good stuff, man. Safe travels. And uh, you will be on Big Blue Kickoff Live tomorrow, correct, with 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 Lance?
9: Yeah, it'll be Lance and I at uh, 12.30 after I get a little bit of shot eye and perhaps some some breakfast (laughs) before I head back to the studio.
1: Yeah, and make sure you check that out, folks. Uh, We stream live on Giants.com, 12.30 every weekday for Big Blue Kickoff Live. Lance and Paul, will go through all the stuff on this game and, and look ahead to Seattle a bit as well. Paul, safe travels, my friend. We'll talk to you next week, all right?
9: All right, you too, John. Take care.
1: All right, I want to get to one call before we say goodbye here, uh, but rather take our next and final break on our network, then we have a much longer local post game locally here. Let's go to Jake in New Haven. Jake, you're up next.
13: Hey, thanks for having me on. I got a couple points to make after watching the uh, Giant game tonight. And uh, sure. Jalen Hyatt only getting 13 snaps and zero targets, I believe, is absurd. And I listened to the fan this morning, and they were talking about how we got to get Jalen Hyatt the ball down the field and against a good defense, knowing we weren't going to probably win the game, and just give him some shots. He's the fastest guy in the field. You know what I mean? Like, why aren't we getting him the ball at all? Just giving him shots, go routes, maybe no safety over the top, just one corner. Why aren't we giving him shots?
1: Well... I think J.C. stood this before, and I think he, obviously you ought to try to get him the ball. There were at least a couple plays in this game where they were trying to get high and deep, but the pass pressure didn't allow them to get it to him. And the other thing about this, too, is that the Niners play a lot of zone defense. They play their guys deep a lot. They do not let guys get over the top. They've only allowed three passes of 20 yards or more all year so their defense is designed to keep things in front of them i obviously have not gone back and watched the all 22 to see what every play looked like and how they were using hyatt and whether or not he was open they didn't get it to him i can't answer that question i have not watched it yet but yes i'm sure the giants in games like this especially when they need some big plays would like to get the ball into hyatt's hands more if they can
2: yeah 100 and and they have to figure out a way how to get it to him. Because right now, they just really don't have too many opportunities to do so. Number one, he's not playing that much, which is, you know, 13 plays is not that much at his position. But also, when he's in, creating some type of offensive play where they can guarantee that he gets a target. Um, You know, that's very difficult to do, especially if you know everybody saw the 49ers saw what he did last week so they understand when 13 is in the game the type of problems that he presents and they're not going to just be so willing to allow it to happen again
1: and fin 15 total snaps for Hyatt 13 on pass plays and know fans like boy that's you know that's that that's really not a lot here well guys this was part of the problem the Giants in this game I want to make sure I get it right only ran I'm looking for the play count here JC mm-hmm is they had they struggled on time of possession. They almost got doubled up in terms of time of possession. But in this game, you know, they only ran, doing the math in my head, 31, 36, 39, 48 plays. I mean, that's not a lot of offensive plays for a game for an offense. It's just not.
2: Yeah, and it put put in perspective, the 49ers had 78 yeah. plays, so which I is a little bit higher than the average. The average is yeah. somewhere like maybe 65 to 75, 70 plays Seventy-eight is, you know, it's a lot of plays, but it's not a lot when your offense is actually producing and scoring, yeah. converting on third downs, extending drives, and you know the Giants being three of twelve on third downs, that goes directly to play count, and they didn't, they didn't try any fourth down uh, attempts, you know, so, you know, the the Giants definitely look, it's it's a, it's an early bye week, you know, and then usually when you get a bye week. You know, and I call it an early bye week because it's, you know, extended weekend. They're going to get a couple days off. You A virtual bye. Yeah, you get to get away from ball. Just because it's early in the season, they still have been playing ball nonstop since late July. You know, and that's that's a lot of football. It's good to get away from ball a little bit. Reflect, you know, on who you are as a person. You know, I would do this individually, Schmoke, whenever I feel like I wasn't playing well or the team wasn't playing well. Like, you, you can't do anything besides what you can do personally. You know, like Bobby O'Carrique can't make a tackle for Jackson. You know, like he can't if he's not there. You know, like he, you have to be accountable for what you do and what you bring to the game. You know, and X's and O's wise, it looked like defensively they was on point, but it was just too many penalties on third downs and missed tackles and missed opportunities. And then also, that ball, Brock Purdy, he wasn't accurate today. He didn't throw. He wasn't that accurate quarterback that picked apart the Giants today. No. He was Someone a, go get it. Yeah, Somebody he was a little it. sloppy with some of his passes, especially early on in the game, and the Giants just didn't capitalize. And you need to capitalize on plays like that when you're playing one of the best teams in the NFL, in the San Francisco 49ers. That's just it.
1: All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, more of your calls, and then we'll have Bob Pop is one-on-one with Daniel Jones. Downstairs when we return, recapping the Giants' 30-12 to loss to the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday Night Football.
0: You're listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants radio network.
7: This is offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, and you're listening to the radio home of Big Blue, The Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM New York.
1: Back here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point, John Schmoke, Jonathan Casillas with you. Giants fall to the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday Night Football 30-12 to and fall to 1-2 and on the season. After the game, the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa, had a chance to catch up with the quarterback of the New York Football Giants, Daniel Jones.
3: We're joined by Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. And uh, Daniel, talk a little bit about the frustration level that you feel in the group because there were opportunities tonight to get something
11: done and you guys couldn't get it done.
12: Uh, yeah, I think we're all, we're all frustrated um, for sure. I think there, were, like you said, a number of opportunities we've got to convert on and uh, find ways to do it. So, um, you know, I definitely have to, have to be more consistent, give guys chances to make plays in some of those situations. And, um, yeah, good football team, credit to the 49ers, but um, definitely left some plays out
3: there. How hard is it to make sure that you don't try to do too much? I mean, because it's eleven guys out there, one guy can't change everything. I know you're the quarterback and the leader, but do you have to guard against doing stuff like that? I think we're all we're all focused on on
12: doing our job better. You know, I think um, you know certainly starts with me and, and my job, and, and I understand that I've got to play better. And, and uh, the way we're going to get where we want to go is everyone. You know working together and and uh you know doing their job so we understand that uh, we're you know got to stay confident stay together look at the things we got to do better and then um and then keep going so uh we got a good football team just gotta gotta play better
3: finally as a leader what do you say to some of the younger guys and your teammates when you get back to work to try to make sure that guys don't get down
12: yeah i mean you got to understand this is a long season this is the nfl uh play a lot of good teams so um you know we've got to focus on us and what we got to do to improve as a group um and uh still a lot of opportunity out there for us and and uh, got to stay confident stay together we've got a good football team we just got to got to play better thanks daniel all right thanks
1: A couple of stats on Daniel Jones, Jonathan. These are some of the advanced stats that PFF and Next Gen Stats deliver. So let's give a couple of them. Average depth of target for Daniel, six yards. It gets up to 6 and if you count some of the plays. That got erased due to penalty. Average time to throw, 2.6 seconds. And, you know, those numbers are fine. But, again, that just speaks to their inability to, to get the ball down the field in this game. It was very similar to what the first half numbers looked like against Arizona in terms of depth of target, which jumped dramatically in half number two. And I think you could hear it in Daniel's voice. He obviously wishes the offense could have done more in this game and, and frankly, the first six quarters of the season as well.
2: Yeah, and then all of the targets, all of these explosive players that the Giants you know, brought in, The you know, the, Slayton's been here, uh, Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt, Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell has six catches for 24 yards. That's four yards per catch, you know? And, and it's like, where are, where's the run after catch, you know, for our team? Because San Francisco 49ers, it was a lot of run after catch. It was a lot of yak yards that they gained after they caught the football and after contact as well. And the Giants just aren't replicating that on their on their side of the ball. And, you know, you need – if look, if you have a simplified offense and you're running that – you know, quick dumps, you know, just to get the ball out your hands. You're relying on your skill players to create after they catch the ball. And it just, you know, it just haven't showed up yet.
1: All right, guys, get on the line, 877-337-6666. We will take your calls locally here in New York. We're about to say goodbye to our network, JC. Before we do, give me your thoughts here, Giants in 1 and 2. What needs to happen over the next 10 or 11 days heading into that Seattle game on Monday Night Football for the Giants to start playing some better football?
2: Yeah, I think each person individually, you know, take this time away and, and, you know, do some soul searching and figure out how they can improve themselves before they come back to the team and then go have and have a great week of practice because it's a little bit longer week because they play on a Monday night and then go out there and play some good football, some quality football. Go ahead and make those plays, you know, and I think there's a sense of urgency that it's not there at times during the game for both sides of the ball, and they have to be able to perform, and they have to be able to have that sense of urgency, especially on third down and especially on red zone, and that's the two areas where the Giants struggle.
1: Yeah, and look, the Seahawks are not an elite team in the NFC. You know, they are not San Francisco. They are not Dallas, but they were a playoff team last year. Geno Smith was an explosive quarterback. He gets the ball down the field, and if the Giants don't tackle against Seattle, guess what? You mentioned it before. D.K. Metcalf. Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, throwing Kenneth Walker the third. Yep. Those guys going to make big plays, just like the players in the first three teams the Giants face have played.
2: Absolutely, and they have to improve. Like the, what we're seeing from the first three weeks of the Giants, this is not a playoff caliber team. This is not how they looked in the first three weeks last year. You know, even I think when was when was the Dallas game last year? Was it Week Three or Week Four?
1: Four, I believe. I can double check that. But
2: even that game, that game was a very competitive game, and the Giants only lost by, I think it's either seven or eight points. It was very competitive. It didn't look like this. You know, it was very competitive. And it was like one or two guys, you know, kind of getting beat out on certain times and and downs and distances. But this is like an overall beatdown. You know, like this is, you could look at the stats. You know, this is a game where the stats don't lie. You know, it was week
1: three, by the way, Jace. You're right. It was week three last year. Right. They even, lost to Dallas 23-16. to 16.
2: Right. So even with that loss, it was a very competitive loss, and the Giants were in that game. And it was a fight the entire game. They didn't make it easy for the Cowboys. Not to say it was easy tonight, but, I mean, if you're, you know, in the fourth quarter and you're playing your backups – That means it was an early night for these guys. These guys put the team, put the Giants away early enough to play their backups, you know. And that means the Giants weren't competitive for four quarters.
1: If you're listening on our local flagship WFAN, stay on the lines at 877-337-6666. We will get to your calls in just a bit. So please stick with us on our local flagship. But it is time to say goodbye to the affiliates across the country on the Giants Radio Network. Our next broadcast will be Monday night football when the Giants host the Seattle Seahawks with our pregame show again on the network, beginning one hour before kickoff. That's at 7.15 Eastern time on Monday night uh, in week four of the NFL season. Thanks for listening to us tonight across our radio network, and we'll see you next Monday night when the Giants host the Seattle Seahawks on the WFN Giants radio network. But we're not done right here on WFN in New York. Get on the phones, 877-337-6666. Jonathan Casillas and I will take your calls. we got plenty of sound from the locker room. Darren Waller, Dexter Lawrence, Bobby O'Carrike, Wondell Robinson making his return, Matt Breda, all of that and more coming your way on The Fan. Back here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point, John Schmelk Jonathan Casillas with you here on The Fan in New York. It is time for our Stats of the Game, brought to you by the Archdiocese of New York. Learn more at innercitynyc.org. And by the way, get on the lines, guys, 877-337-6666. Tom and Comac will take you in just a second. One piece of information, Mr. Casillas, you requested this. Our buddy Matt Stopsky back in the studio providing it unofficially 7.5 yards after contact per reception. For Debo Samuel in this game.
2: Man, I mean. That's a lot. Sheesh. That <laughs> is a lot. lot. And <laughs> then one of the the touchdown pass, he didn't have any after contact. So that was on the other five receptions that
1: he had. <sighs> hey, you know what? That's a really – I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. So if you figure – that, hey, so you know what? I'm, I'm going to do some quick math here. So if he averaged 7.5 per reception in this game, uh, he had six receptions, right? So that is 45 yards After contact, unofficially, all right? You take off the 40-yard catch. He had 89 receiving yards. He's more than half of his receiving Uh, mm -hmm. yards, JC, on those five catches came after contact.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure his name is Debo because he can do that, not just because he likes that name from watching Friday back in the day. But, man – that dude's explosive, man, and he hasn't really been activated this year like he was tonight. And it just sucks that it was against our Giants. So he's, he's back.
1: By the way, you would <laughs> laugh. I didn't I didn't know they did this year, but whenever Debo makes a big play, they flash like a quick scene with Ice Cube from Friday on the scoreboard with like this Debo logo oh up there. Oh my
2: gosh. It's,
1: it's actually kind of funny. They do a good job with the city. Oh
2: my gosh. They played uh, a good game, man. This 49ers did.
1: Hey, look, they're they're a very good football team, and we talked about that on the pregame show. Let's go through some of the basic numbers here, JC. First, from a team perspective, Giants get outgained in this game, 441 yards to 150. Third downs, they tell the story, 9 of 16 for the 49ers, just 3 of 12 for the Giants. Niners with 39 minutes and 10 seconds of time of possession. The Giants just with 20. This was not a big turnover game. You know, there was only one turnover in this game. It was the Daniel Jones interception, which really wasn't his fault. It was a pass to Darren Waller, uh, Travis. Charvarius Ward got his hand in there. The ball kind of got deflected up in the air and wound up in the hands of uh, Talanoa Hufanga. So there was only that one turnover for the Giants, and that was towards the end of the game when the game was already starting to get a little bit out of reach. Uh, Daniel Jones, 22 of 32, just 137 yards, no touchdowns at one pick. Matt Breda, the Giants only rushed it 11 times in this game. Man. J.C. for 29 yards. Daniel Jones just five yards on two carries. Breda four for 17 and that touchdown on that run of eight yards. Gary Brettwell four rushes for five yards. Eric Gray did not get a rush in this game, which I was surprised about. But we'll see if maybe, uh, depending on what Saquon's health is on that Monday night game, now that he uh, confirmed that it is in fact a high ankle sprain, if Gray could get us a little into the mix there. Receiving for the Giants, Paris Campbell led the way with six catches but just for 24 yards, just four yards per catch. Four catches for Rondell Robinson, just 21 yards, just over five yards per catch. Darius Lane led in receiving yards with 32 on three catches, including that 17-yard catch on the nice back shoulder play. Gary Brightwell, two catches for 31 yards, and 18 of those came on a play where he kind of leaked out of the backfield on a Jones rollout, caught a short pass, and ran uh, when he was left wide open just beyond the line of scrimmage. For the 49ers, Brock Purdy, we mentioned it, a little erratic with his throws. Still managed to complete 25 of 37 for 310 yards and a pair of touchdowns, a 111 quarterback rating. Christian McCaffrey, you almost felt he only played about half the snaps in this game for the 49ers. I'll try to get his snap count. 18 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown. He also caught five passes for 34 yards. Almost had another deep pass for a touchdown, but the ball was knocked out of his hands down the field. I believe it was by Michael
2: McFadden. McFadden. That was it a was, tremendous correct? play. It was the penalty, though. It they was. called a penalty on yes. that one, a holding point, but that was a tremendous play by McFadden.
1: Yeah, he actually saved the touchdown because I believe mm-hmm. the Niners only ended up scoring a field goal on that drive. So that was a nice play by McFadden to get his hand in there to knock the ball away. Elijah Mitchell, four rush, 11 rushes rather, for 42 yards. Receiving for the Niners, we mentioned Debo Samuel, 6 for 129 in that touchdown on the 40-yard catch. George Kittle, he was another guy that just rumbled after the catch in this game. Seven catches for 90 yards, including a 29-yarder. And then uh, Juwan Jennings, who started for Brandon Ayuk, who did not play in this game. Two catches for 31 yards. All right, let's get to the phones here. 201 939 4513. We'll go to Tom and Comac. He's been holding the longest. Tom, what's going on?
13: Hey, how are you? First time caller. We're good time, listener. Thanks. Uh, so, like, honestly, here, do you, do you seriously think that the New York football giants have playoff aspirations?
2: Every I mean, team, they certainly
13: have playoff aspirations. for sure Every they do. team
2: has playoff aspirations, no matter what. No,
13: I know. All right,
1: let me reword that. Do you think there's a chance this team can sneak into a wild card?
13: Yes, well, Tom, let me you
1: well, well, Tom, I'll put it to you this way. Luckily, with the NFL, unlike college football, point differential and that stuff doesn't really matter, right? And if you look at what happened last year, and, and Tom, hang with us. You know, yep. the Giants had two blowout losses like this to the Philadelphia Eagles during the year. One was, you know, I know the last game of the year you had, you know, they weren't playing their stars and all that stuff. The Giants did have two blowout losses like this during last season. Just so happens with the schedule, it was in two out of the three three games this year. So there is a way for you to come back here. You're not going to play the Niners every week. You're not going to play the Cowboys every week. Now, are you going to have to go and beat a team like the Seahawks in a week? Yeah, you're going to have to do that. But you're not going to play teams of this caliber every week. The schedule is tougher than last year for sure. And the Giants, and JC, I think you agree with this, regardless of opponent, they have to play a better brand of football no matter who the opponent is. If they do want to meet those playoff aspirations you're talking about. JC, is that fair?
2: Yeah, that that's very fair. And it's so early in the season. You know, it's it's three games and yeah, the Giants haven't looked good for three games. You know, they look good for one half of one of those games, but it's so early, it's still early. A lot of teams turn have turned it around. From having poor starts in the beginning of the season, I was part of a Super Bowl team that had a poor start in the New England Patriots and ended up, you know, finishing the season off very well. I'm not comparing, you know, the teams, but I'm just saying I've been a part of that, you know. So you're you're not giving up hope. You 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 definitely you know you know that the Giants need to improve, and the thing is, there's so much time to do so. You know, and guys are going to get healthy. Andrew Thomas will be back soon. Say Quan, he's not going to stay on the bench forever, you know, with his health, you know. So expect the Giants to to play a better brand of football because they need to play a better brand of football.
1: You hear what we're well, saying, I Tom?
13: I agree. Yeah, I mean, JC definitely don't compare this Giants team to the Patriots. That's that's smart there. <laughs> no, no, um, no, no, no. We're not doing that. Don't worry. <laughs>
4: no,
13: JC, I heard that. Um... I, you know, this team's allowing 30 points a game, and now you have a, a Seahawks team that, you know, can score 30 points, Dolphins, you know what the Dolphins do, and then the Bills. So if, I mean, I just think if this team starts 1-5, in five, I think it's a hill that's too tall to climb, especially with I, – I mean, I don't think this offense is – I mean, we second half against the Cardinals, you know, 31 points or whatever. That's very impressive. I guess it's, it is an NFL team, but I don't see this team being able to put up 25, 30 points consistently.
1: Well, Tom, thanks for the call. But you know what? They're going to have to start putting up 20 to 25 points consistently. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, in in the NFL, if you're a good team, you're averaging 24 to 28 points per game. That's how you win games in this league now. It's hard to win games by, you know, scoring 17 and holding a point to 14. And and Tom makes a good point. Look, it's not the Niners and the Cowboys coming up, but Seahawks can score. The Dolphins have maybe the most explosive offense in football right now. (sighs) And the Bills have Josh Allen. So they are going to have to score more points, and to Tom's point, the defense has to do their part too. You can't give up thirty points every week. That's not going to work either.
2: Yeah, and, and and I agree with Tom. If the Giants start off one and five, one and six, like that's not looking really good. But it's so early now. You cannot write them off. You, you there's no way you can write them off. If they continue to play like this for another few weeks, then okay, you know, like. But look, I expect them to improve. You know, I I don't feel like they improved from week two to week three. I definitely think they improved from week one to week two. But mind you, the competition from week two to week three has been increased drastically. The 49ers are the cream of the crop in the entire NFL, not just the NFC. I mean, the last, what, three out of four years, they ended up in the NFC Championship game. You know, Shanahan's definitely put together a great team built off this defense, right? And you can kind of plug and play quarterback, but then Brock Purdy didn't have an accurate game today, but he's been a great player for them, and he's 8-0. You know, he's, he's not just a guy that they put out there. No, he's a very capable quarterback, and he's giving the ball to the most talented players in the league. McCaffrey yeah. is a dog. Debo Samuel, dog. Kittle, dog. Like, and Brandon Ayuk's out. You know, like, they have a lot of talent, and defensively, they're probably even stronger defensively. You know, so the Giants aren't going to face, I think, a monster like they face in San Francisco this week. You know, I'm not saying it's going to get easier, but at the same time, the Giants might have a little bit more space to make some things happen, both offensively and defensively.
1: Anthony, Rob, and Chris, we will get to your calls at 877-337-6666. But for now, let's go downstairs. Our very own Paul Dottino had a chance to talk one-on-one with one of the Giants' defensive leaders, Dexter Lawrence. Let's listen in on that conversation.
8: When you're depleted, does that make staying? What do you mean depleted? In terms of injuries, Um, down four starters, and then... I mean, I think think, think guys came in and, you know, contributed. Um, You know, that's why they're on the team. We all can play ball. And, um, you know, I'm happy about how they, you know, they came out. They just made more plays than us and made the plays when they needed to make them. Dexter, third down was a big issue today. Yeah, uh, is
4: there something you could point to that just wasn't clicking on, on that particular down?
8: Um, you know, they they just out they just looked like they they just outplayed us on third down, and um, we have to do better at uh, with those screens running to the ball and getting guys down. We all know how good McCaffrey is, but we don't get the chance to actually try to tackle him. How
4: difficult is it to, to deal with that guy to tackle him? Yeah, he's he's
8: tough.
4: Well, I mean, he, he seems to slither through. He seems um, to slither
8: through the. I think. The, the I think. No, honestly, I think McCaffrey McCaffrey is a is a great player. Um, like you said, he, you know, he they always break in tackles. Nineteen, know, eighty five. Yeah, uh, we just have to do a better job of bringing all those guys down.
1: And you know, I love that answer there, JC from Dexter, because Paul's like, oh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's tough to tackle, and Paul's right; he's very tough to tackle. But Dexter, I think what he was doing there with the way he answered that question is that let's not give credit to the opposition while they're really good. You know, we had trouble tackling a bunch of different guys in this game. So it seemed to me, he was trying to put the onus on himself and the giants with the way he answered that question. I think that's what you want to hear from your leaders on defense. No.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's like the film is the, like, we're going to see it on film. Like I'm going to watch this game again, you know, and I'm pretty sure I yeah, look, I too. got, I got my iPad open while the, 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 the TV's going and the radio. on. So I'm kind of watching this thing at least twice. As it's happening, I'm going to go ahead and watch it again. But I'm pretty sure what I saw, you know, it wasn't just one person missing a tackle on one person. There were several guys missing tackles on every single player that caught and and rushed the ball. Running to the
1: ball, running to the ball on those screens. Like Mm -hmm. there just weren't enough. It was always everything was a one on one tackle. There was like no gang tackles in this game. You
2: you have to overpopulate the ball, you know, and that that that's defensive linemen getting off blocks. That's defensive backs taking proper angles. That's linebackers taking proper angles and getting off of blocks. And it just haven't been, you know, a population at the ball from the defense. And it really hasn't showed up in the first three weeks.
1: Runner our walk with Giants Legends. The Giants Foundation will host a 5K racing kids run presented by Quest on Sunday, October 8th at 9 a.m. at MetLife Stadium. Net proceeds will benefit the Giants Foundation. All participants will receive a commemorative T-shirt. After the race, stay for a post-race festival with appearances by Giants Legends and a live DJ. Register now at Giants.com slash 5K. When we return, more of your calls. I see on hold we will get to you, and we'll get some more sound down in the locker room as well. When we're back on Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the fan. You're
0: listening to Pepsi Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants radio network.
1: All right, back here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point. Giants TV presented by Bob's Discount Furniture is the official connected TV app of the New York Giants. Available for free now on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and inside the Giants mobile app. Stream game highlights, interviews, TV shows, and more exclusive video content with Giants TV. Anthony is down, and I'm sure... Warm Port St. Lucie. Anthony, what's going on? You're up next on Giants Extra Point. Anthony, going once. Anthony, going twice. All right, we're sold. Let's go back to the phones, 877-337-6666. All right, let's go to Chris in Manhattan. He's up next. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Chris? How you doing today? We're good. All right, I I think
9: the Giants had a good road trip. Coming out uh, to Arizona, was a big comeback for that team. I think they, they gained a lot of their confidence back. Granted, to a tough San Francisco team at home on a short week. Cross-country team's a little beat up. But I think they'll be, be able to straighten out the team going towards Seattle. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's any reason to panic just yet. Defense finally started to come alive. But they they, they couldn't get up the field on third down tonight. So, you know, that, that, that was a big breaking point for the team.
1: Yeah, it was. And, and Anthony, appreciate the call. And JC, look, you want to put the season in quarters? That's fine. You know, try to figure out a way to be two and two through four games, and yeah. I think you'll be okay. And if you want to put the season into thirds, figure out a way to be two and four, or preferably three and three after six games. And you know what? If even if you're at worst case scenario, two and four after six games, you're fine. If you play well, your final eleven games of the year, you can make the playoffs. But you know, just try to be two and two. Try to get the three and three if you can, and then get Saquon healthy, get Andrew Thomas healthy, and then just start playing better football, and the wins will start racking up.
2: Yeah, and I appreciate the uh, the optimism, you know, from yes. the last caller. It i feel was...
1: feeling there's not going to be much more of that tonight, JC. But I wanted to <laughs> get some it. of it in. I got to I got to <laughs> show
2: my respect, man. You know, because it's a very rough night. You know, when this is the only game, you know, that's on. Everybody's looking forward to Thursday night football. You know, a little break. In the week of no football from Monday to Sunday, and then you finally get a football game, and it's not a you know the best effort from your team. You know I understand why a lot of fans are upset and get mad over this stuff because you know as a fan now, Schmelke, I understand that. I didn't get that when I was playing, but I definitely understand it now, being on the outside and looking as a fan and as you know, affiliate of the uh, of the team. But, you know, I, I get it, man, and and we all feel uh, the same way. You know, we all want the Giants to perform better, but nobody feels it more than that locker room, you know? So I definitely think there's high-character guys in that locker room, Darren Waller being a guy I think of right away who had a couple plays where he dropped a couple passes. I think he's going to take it upon himself to do more, be better, and he has to because the Giants paid him to do that. He believes that he's that guy and the Giants believe that he's that guy. So I think when you take an individual like that and he goes and and thinks about things the way he does because I watch a lot of content from him away from football, just the stuff that he has. He's a very high-character guy, and the Giants locker room is filled with those guys, John. Yep. They did a great job in bringing in high-character guys, so I definitely expect them to go ahead and improve from here. And, look, I think it was a big reality check, a big smack in their faces, and hopefully it was a wake-up call, and we do get some better performances from top players like Waller and Dexter Lawrence.
1: Well, let's hear from that high-character guy, Darren Waller. He's one of the leaders of this team. He addressed the media in the locker room after the game. Let's listen in. I
11: mean, yeah, it's another one where, it's like anytime you, your hands get on it, you gotta make it. But it's like, yeah, running across the field and like that turn is, is difficult. But nothing are here and make an excuse for it because it's in the radius. Darren, why don't you think it's that that's some of the the really strong play we were seeing from you in, in training camp hasn't yet transitioned to the regular season? Why so it's been a little bit quieter to start the regular season than it wasn't training camp? Uh, I feel like things are processed sometimes. Uh, results don't come the way that you like in the quantity that you like, you know, as soon as you'd like them to happen sometimes. and uh, it's just a matter of staying with the process. Uh, I know that I've had, you know, times in my career where I to feel like you, you can't miss out there. And then sometimes it's like, all right, like, you know I've had you no know, game was like i Like, did like they have 10 yards. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just a matter of like staying in the middle. I know what is capable of, of myself. I know what's capable of the offense and it's just a matter of just keep going. Why was it so tough to really kind of get anything going offensively? Um, I mean, you got to give them credit. Uh, it's just one of the top defenses over the last few years. Um, the way that they apply pressure, um, the way that they can get you to play behind the sticks sometimes. and. Uh, that, that puts you at disadvantage, makes you have to, you know, make hero plays when um, if you stay ahead of the sticks, um, make those consistent plays, get ahead on early downs, you can make it easy for you to sustain drive, you know, if you're able to do that. How much do you have to, just, like, alter your game plan with, you down some guys, they have a great pass rush, like, you guys are doing stuff, and you're doing that, so, maybe typically. Yeah, um, we got to, you know, I think things start with uh, the protection, you know, starts in the trenches, so you got to be able to. Um, give the quarterback time and right? be sacrificing opportunities for me to run out on routes and it's like you know, Whatever the game plan is I got to be a, a teammate and, and, and trust that that's what's gonna work But yeah, you got to start with protecting the quarterback first and we had to make some changes to, uh, to be able to make that happen and uh, you know, you just got to execute better
7: Darren, obviously there's always the X's and O's that you guys can break down the film and say we can do this better We can do that better. Do you take anything from how you competed tonight against this team of that caliber?
11: Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, big shout out to the defense, first and foremost, uh, continuing to um, you know get stops or holding the field goals, to where it's like it was 20 to 12 per minute. And it's like that one where that crossing route we didn't connect over the middle of the field, it's like that's something that can be a huge play, huge momentum play to keep you in the game and go down and, and, and get seven. And even like that slant in the first half right before halftime, it's like, as opposed to getting the field goal and going down 11, it's like, OK, like we could have got a second have potentially led to a touchdown, because that would have been a big play, too. So. Um, yeah, I mean, like I give a lot of credit to the defense. You know, a lot of credit to the offense as well. Like we could have folded earlier, and you know, some of the plays that we didn't hit, or you know, can be very discouraging. But to just go back out there and, and continue to fight is, you know, something you gotta do as a pro. what is the psyche of this team right now? You've obviously won and two had a couple of tough losses at home. What are you, what's your thoughts on where you guys are? Where you um, guys are? Yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, a lot of football that we don't feel like is uh, reflective of our best and uh, what we're capable of. And, you know, what we feel like the fans deserves, organization deserves, um, but you know, we go home. First off, we can rest. You know, two games in five days is tough. It's tough for anyone, and uh, you know, and start by game plan for the Seahawks and, and taking care of that, winning at home because that's something we didn't do week one, and I feel like that's a good way to you know just uh, start there, and it's a good way to build some momentum. Interception. He his hand on that, or that one? Did that come into you? I couldn't. I not tell. Uh, the tip one at the yeah, end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they 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 jumped the slant for sure. That was my third slant of the night, so they were, you know, kind of teed up on that. And uh, Ward made a great play on the ball. And uh, but yeah, it's something I got to find a way to, even in traffic, uh, make that play because any tip ball where you know there's a lot of zone defenders around, that's that's bad business. So for me, I got to be somebody
1: that doesn't allow that to happen. Jc, no surprise, Darren Waller taking the blame for the plays where he thought he took, you know, maybe came up a little bit short on, you know, talked about the slant. That he could have caught, talked about knock, knocking the ball down at the end of the game when it turned into a pick, and then the high pass over the middle where he said, Look, it's tough, but I got two hands on the ball. I should catch it. And that's why Darren Waller is a good teammate and one of the leaders of this team.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But look, Travarius Ward, he was all over Waller on some of them plays, you know, and, and it wasn't always him covering them, but the San Francisco 49ers defense played extremely well. Like well, it was really good. Yeah, they, they are really good. Like Drake Greenlaw gets no. Really props or anything, if he was on a team by himself. He would be an all-pro type of guy, but Fred Warner gets all the attention, right? And Nick yep. Bosa, of course, he gets all attention, too. But there are other guys along that defensive line that are tremendously good. Hargrave is good. We've seen him, you know, multiple times last year for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had 11 sacks last year. Hofunga, one of the best safeties in the NFL. They're loaded on defense. We just, I just thought that there were some plays that really didn't involve talent, that involved effort, that I think they out-efforted the Giants, not just outplayed them because they're better than them, but because they out-efforted them. And I think that's the the result of the score that you see here.
1: Well, let's hear from one of the veterans of the Giants' defense downstairs. Dory Jackson talked to the media after the Giants' loss.
7: It's a long season, only three games there. We still got 14 more to go, so uh, you can't hang your head too low. And even if you win, you can't hold your head too high, you know what I mean? And you got to be humble, take a little grain of salt, and keep working
3: just
8: one more for Dory. Why is it so difficult to change
7: them off the field in the third down? Like I told, uh, I don't know who I just said, we didn't execute we didn't tackle.
8: Well, it wasn't uh, as you said. Know, we had them in a strong long situation. We had them,
7: you know, we was winning first, second down. And you know, then we just didn't tackle and didn't execute, you know, or something. And Dory. Appreciate
8: it.
1: Third downs a story for sure. The Giants unable to get off the field. We talked about the Niners' 9 of 16 on third downs. And it was really even better than that, JC, because some of those non-conversions came at the end of the game. So they were actually probably even a little bit better than what that 9 of 16 number might show. All right, let's take one more call before we take a break. Let's go to Robin Farmingdale. He's been holding the longest. What's up, Robbie? Hey, how you doing, guys?
9: You know, when I look at the New York Giants, I look at it from a macro perspective. You know, they, were, they got to the divisional round last year, and I think the goal was for them to take that next step. But when I look at their last game against what is the NFC Elite, Dallas, San Fran, and Philly, they've been outscored 108-19, and two of those games were this year. And I just don't see them as a serious team. And, you know, the Seattle game, this is the biggest game on the schedule. Because if they lose this game at home, they got to go to Miami. They got to go to Buffalo. Now you're talking one and five, and this season unravels quickly.
2: Tranquilo, papa. Tranquilo. Relax.
1: <laughs> Relax. <laughs> no, Rob, my God. Rob, I, I appreciate the call, man. But look, the Giants in their last games against the elite teams of the conference, they've and until they show us otherwise at this point JC they they're not right now at that level based on how they've played against the Eagles Cowboys and 49ers
2: no and and the the thing that we were saying the entire off season schmoke was did they close the gap?
1: Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> never going to say that ever again. By the way, and I, and I was the king of close the gap. I was closing gaps left and right, and yeah, and, and, yeah I mean, and, and so far the gap has not been closed. And the
2: proof is in the pudding. The Giants yep. have not done it. If if I mean, if anything, it looked like they're a little bit further away this year. But the good thing about this is, is that it's so early in the season. It is only three games in, and they do have 14 games left. And they can make those 14 games very good. You know, they can be very competitive in those 14 games. The first, you know, two out of the first three games, they weren't really competitive. The first game being not so competitive in three quarters today. They were kind of competitive today. But I, like I said, I think Dayball, Joe Shane, they did a great job in bringing in high character guys. But when you bring in new pieces and you're inserting all of these pieces into the lineup, it takes a while to go ahead and gel and mesh together. And I think you're seeing the Giants have frustration because they haven't all gelled all the way together quite yet. They haven't figured out along the offensive line the right, I think, match, or if they had the right match, they did it didn't last long because Andrew Thomas got hurt in week one. And he is the best the best thing that we have on the, on the offensive line and then you got to look at some guys that I think that they added in that are playing I think very well and I think that's John Michael Schmitz. you know I think he's having a great uh start to this his first year I think Bobby O'Kke is having a great start to his first season with the New York Giants
1: yeah he wasn't one of the guys that missed tackles tonight as far as I could tell on on the first viewing
2: yeah, and when he comes, he, he you know when he when he you know fills into the hole or when he's making a tackle, he brings it. You know he tackles very violently. You know, and I just hope the guys feed off of people like that who are playing at a high level and Dayball, you know, picks those guys out and shows the effort that some guys are making. And even look, Wondell Robinson, very limited. You know, four catches tonight. You know, not too much, you know, 5.3 average, only 21 yards. But, man, I seen him, like, going after that ball that was that was popped up in the air faster than everybody else. Schmelke, I pay attention to stuff like that. And I know the coaches are, too. And they're going to highlight those things. And I hope the other players can feed off of guys like that. Because you need... All 11 guys doing that, not one or two on every other play. You need 11 guys that act like that ball is the most important thing in life. Because when you're playing football, during that play, it is. And that's just what it is.
1: And we will hear from two of those guys, Bobby O'Karrake and Wendell Robinson, when we return for a couple more segments of Giants Extra Point, presented by Pepsi, when we return. Birdie in a shotgun set, they empty out the backfield. Giants scramble a little bit.
3: Birdie takes the snap, back to throw, sets, delivers it left for Kittle. Stiff arms a man, to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, and knocked out of bounds at the 25-yard
1: line. Gain of 27. That George Kittle 29-yard catch, the final play of the third quarter, was our Giants' turning point of the game. Listen to Boomer and Geo on our flagship station, WFN, tomorrow morning in the 9 a.m. hour for the Giants' turning point of the game contest. The first correct caller to name the game's turning point will win two tickets to an upcoming Giants' home game. That play was on the Niners' drive after the Giants made it a one-score game, 20-12, to and it set up a Niners' field goal, and then they would score on their following drive. The Debo Samuel 27-yard touchdown to extend their lead to 30-12 and put the game away. You mentioned Wondell Robinson. He made his return in this game from that torn ACL he suffered towards the end of last season. Our very own Paul Datino talked to him one-on-one in the locker room about his first game back.
4: I know it's not the way you wanted the night to go, but for you to be able to get
5: back on the field and contribute and actually be in the game and make some catches, how to feel good? Um, I mean, it felt great. Um, Obviously, I think it would obviously feel a little bit better with that win, so... um just want to do whatever I can to help us um, get the W, so.
4: After having to wait so long to get back on the field, what was it like pre-game warm-up, and
5: did you kind of have the butterflies and the jitters early? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, just getting back out there, obviously, it'd be almost, what, yeah. almost a year now uh, from being out on the football field, so um, I was just excited and grateful to be back and just trying to soak it all in. Did you think about the
4: injury at all? Did it take a hit to get over it and then let it let it go behind you? Um,
5: see, that's where I really wanted to get everything out in practice, um, telling Dave and Joe exactly what I needed from practice, so I the way I went out to the games just not thinking about it at all and um, today was actually one of those days I woke up and I just was kind of like this knee feels good today you um, know so it was it was a good feeling that I woke up today.
4: Okay so this was step one to get you back out in a game
5: mm-hmm. what is step two what's the next litmus
4: test for you as you
5: continue to progress? Um, I mean I would say it's just the volume of everything just continue to g- get more and more um, obviously having more and more reps out there on the field and getting more and more reps in practice with Daniel and just continuing to grow with him.
4: Are you able to see by looking at this offense from sideline and mm-hmm and now in the game where you guys might be able to push forward?
5: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously we have the little iPads over there, and we see just the little mistakes that we might be making, and um, we know exactly how close we are. We just got to hone in on all the details and um, just get this thing right for Monday night.
4: Thanks, Wando. Great to see you back out
5: there. Thank you.
1: So, JC, what do you think the progression now is for Wando Robinson? I got to imagine as he gets healthier, he's, I think has a real good chance of taking over that primary starting inside slot receiver role, No.
2: Yeah, I think so. Whenever I've seen him on the field, he looks dynamic. He looks explosive. Yeah, quick. He looks tough. You know, he looks like – I remember a young Victor Cruz, man, when me and Victor was young in this league, man, and Victor looked like a running back whenever he got that ball in the slot.
1: Victor a little bit bigger than Wondell, though. Right,
2: but <laughs> Wandale
1: plays big. He, he plays big. He's
2: very physical, and like I said, I seen him at several times today maybe doing things outside of him just catching the ball. You know, being very physical, being very active, you know, trying to get that ball when the ball was popped up in the air. You know, and I think, look, if that kid can stay healthy, man, I thought I saw something earlier, you know, and I was like, man, no way he went down so early in the game. And it was only in his first catch, you know, but I think the sky's the limit for that kid. And, you know, he's another guy that when when the Giants can't get the ball down the field to a guy like Jalen Hyatt, that's what Wondell Robinson can flourish because he's going to be a guy that's working uh, among the linebackers you know and it's hard Schmelk, to cover those guys bro it's really hard to cover those guys that play over the middle that three two three uh yep. in, in a receiver rotation you know it's very hard to cover those guys because those guys are working around the linebackers in safety areas and they always find ways to get open they always find the ways to create after they catch and i think Wandale Look, the sky's the limit for him, and we've just seen the floor right now. And I think as the season progresses and they, he starts getting more healthy and they don't have him on pitch count you know, towards the end of the year, I think we're going to see him flourish. All
1: right, let's go to Mark and Seaford. He's up next. Mark, you're on Pepsi Giants' extra point on the fan.
9: Um, how about the roughing the
3: passer on Leonard
1: Williams? I mean, come on, man. Now, I, look, I, I know you don't that like was, the call, Mark. That was but pathetic. You, it was horrible. The ball wasn't even out of his hand yet.
2: Yeah, but that's but the rule, though. I hate if, it too, much,
1: Dude, and, and look, we, we had a call with the league talking about rules earlier this year. And I asked a question on the call with the league. And I said, what do you look for when you call the full body weight of the player on the quarterback penalty? And they said what they look for is that if the knees of the defensive player don't hit the ground first before the back of the quarterback that's the de- that's kind of the definition of what the full body weight is and that to me looking at the play that was exactly the type of play they were talking about with full body weight JC as a defensive player you could argue whether or not that rule is fair to defensive players and I understand that but the rule the way it is that's well, body weight, and and I understand why that was called.
2: Yeah, even the uh, illegal contact uh, with Kayvon Thibodeau. I think it was Kittle that he had. I thought put that his was inside
1: on. five yards. No, I think it was outside of five. It was like
2: at five and a half. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Usually they will let him get away they, they with do it do at five and a half yards. they do let him get no? away with it. Just like that one, I didn't like. I didn't like that call to be honest with you.
2: Right. No, I I hear you, and and Mark, I feel the same way you did. I I, I feel the same way. I played defense my entire life, right. And I could just imagine me getting that amazing hit on a quarterback, and I get fined for that or I get a penalty for that. I'll be pissed, you know, yep. but that's the rules of the game now, guys. Well, that's let's, just can what I it get is. one
9: more question in? Yeah, I, sure.
6: I, I watched the entire Lion game, and Hutchinson was held almost every play, and they didn't call a flag on any of
2: it. Bro, this is an offensive league, bro. You didn't know that?
1: Appreciate the call, Mark. Good you stuff.
2: didn't, Mark. You didn't know this is an offensive league. You know they, and the thing is, those offensive linemen hold every single play. So you, not just plays you were watching, Aiden Hutchinson. They held, they hold every single play. But the thing is, the refs don't call it. You know, and and, and like this is an offensive driven league. They are going to try to protect quarterbacks. They are going to pr- try to protect defensive receivers. That's what the game has evolved to. You know, I remember Schmelke, Sh- when I was. When I was growing up, you know, even I think early when I was in the league, my early years, they had a a show called Jacked Up where you saw big hits every week, you know, and, and you couldn't wait to watch it. Now yeah, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't dare to have a show like that. They would not dare to have a show like that because they're trying to get that stuff out of the league. Does it take a little bit away from the defense? Yes. Does it take away from uh, the hits of the game? Yes. But they're doing it to protect the players and to hopefully extend careers, which I don't think that's a bad initiative, you know, yeah, or you want to have your
1: best, You want to have your best players on the field as much as you can, and, and that's why they're That's doing what they're it. trying and to try do, to, right. Yeah, and then trying to keep keep the guys healthy long-term, too, which is obviously player safety has been a big part of what the league's trying to do. Let's go downstairs. Bobby Okereke, one of the Giants' defensive leaders, met the media after the game.
10: I thought we executed well on first sitting down. Uh, Showed good fight, stopping the run. Um, we just got to execute a lot better on third down a How did that impact game and your ability to stay in that? I thought we stayed aggressive on defense all game. Um, you know, they made some good plays in the run game too. Uh, they're a great football team, um, but obviously no excuses. We just got to execute better, and we got a better result. guys uh, came out a lot stronger than the past two. We put an emphasis on having a fast start and. Um, you know, we delivered on that today. Um, we just got to sustain our execution. Uh, they're good playmakers, really good playmakers. And they made plays after the catch. Um, and that was the uh, Bob, even
4: through all the ups and downs of the first three quarters, it was only a one score game going into the fourth, and that's when they, they were able to pad the lead. How discouraging was that?
10: Uh, I mean, it's tough. They're a good football team, really good football team, but you know we believe we're a really good football team too. Um, so we just got to keep chopping wood, uh, get back to work this week, and uh, you know get ready for our next opponent.
8: talk about the execution? What does that take for you, you guys to be able
7: to do, do this?
10: I yeah, um, I mean, obviously, we need to put more of an emphasis on tackling. Uh, we have a lot of missed tackles across the board, different positions. Um, and execution guys just got to do their job. Uh, start with me. I got to play a lot better, and we'll get them correctly. What do you, I mean, I know we of the game just that and haven't had a chance uh, to watch, but much. what stands out your like, uh, now? Uh, just lack of impact. Uh, you know, made some plays, but I got to make more plays uh, to help this defense, help this team win.
1: Third down and missed tackles, Jonathan. It's been kind of the theme of what a lot of the guys down the locker room had been saying. Uh, I think they kind of hit it on the head. And we talked about at halftime how the run defense in the first half really needed to improve. Uh, Just to go back to the numbers, at the half, the Niners had ran it 19 times for 89 yards. Uh, Not a great number. But in the second half, they ran it 20 times and they gained just... 52 yards. So it got much better in the second half in terms of stopping the run on early downs.
2: Yeah, and you you got to take away something. You got to take away some positives, you know, from, from a loss, you know, and I think that's something that you can definitely hang your hat on that you improved when you knew that they were going to run the ball a little bit more in the second half. And I mean, it's what, 19 to 20, so it's really not that big of a difference. You know, but the yards per carry definitely went down. Look, you got to take... Any positive you can from a loss like this. And, you know, that's something that you can hang your hat on at least a little bit, I guess.
1: (laughs) All right, Robbie, and Lennox is our final call. Robbie, what's up?
6: Hey, guys. How are you, John? Thanks for taking my call. It's funny. I go way back with you uh, for so many years as a fan. Um, Guys, it's so obvious to this team. They they, they, they stink in the trenches. I mean, every year it's the same thing. Now, look, Thomas is out. You got to get him back. You got to get Barkley back, obviously. But when I look at the schedule and I look at the teams that they play, okay, and I look at the, the personnel on other teams. Why can't the Giants ever go out and get a star player that can, break, that can break, the, break down the field? Why can't the Giants ever get a defensive guy that can impact the game? I'll never forget sitting there going, take Micah Parsons to die. Take Micah Parsons. What does Gellman do? I mean, Gettle just put, Gettleman just put this team so far back. But, I mean, players like, you know, I said talk about Leonard Williams. I talk about Aziz Artilari. talk about Thibodeau. It's like these guys, can't, tackling the tackling is atrocious. And how many years have we seen – and give a big ball plays on third down. And it's bad just this regime, they put about back 10 years, at least more than 10 years, where the Giants cannot stop third down plays, where the Giants cannot... Why do they? Okay, two things. Why are you running the ball 11 times tonight? That's one. And and this was what drives me crazy. Brian Gable, what the hell are you doing going for two points in the third quarter? Stop chasing the points. <laughs> when you, Brandon Staley, you look at his loudness, except he's going to be gone next week after they lose their third game to Chargers. So, I mean... I just don't understand why you run the ball eleven times. Matt Breida can run. Gary Brightwell's the guy who hits the hole hard. It's like why just, why didn't that try to establish some kind of running game to set up you know, Danny is best when he's in play action. Let's be honest. He's a he's a better quarterback when he has a chance to play fast. And I agree with you. Rondell's got talent. We'll see what's going on with Hyatt and to see if he can stretch the field more. But it's just like there's nobody that scares you on this game. Nobody goes in to play the giant and say, Oh, we gotta block him and make sure that he's To get D He wanted to come to the Giants, and the Giants said, No, we don't want to stall. You know, and I don't know how great you know, DF's doing last, last week with his return and his injuries, but I mean, they never have anybody that scares you on this team, that scares you, make, makes you fearful. You go on offensive defense, and I don't understand the tackling. I really don't. And the thing, too, is that this team never takes away the football. Why can't they create more turnovers? Like, why can't they be more of an aggressive defense? I thought Wink was an aggressive, you know, def- uh, defensive coordinator. It just seems like they're not aggressive. Thanks, Robbie. I, I
1: believe you, Robbie. the phrase is there. A lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> that was just rapid-fire facts and opinions there. More opinion and then he uh, from Robbie. Us, and Then he bounced All right. Yes, all right. Let, l- l- let me hit a couple things quickly. He mentioned that Daniel's best in play action. Last year, actually, his production play action versus non-play action was almost identical. So that was not the case last year, necessarily. We, we, we went through some of those analytics on uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live over the summer. JC... I do think his general point about needing game breakers and game changers on both sides of the ball to make some more big plays over the first three weeks, I think that has some validity to it. I do think there are some players on this team that are capable of doing that. I look at Saquon Barkley who obviously was injured for tonight's game, so he wasn't there to do it today. I think Darren Waller couldn't do that. He was not able to do that today. And I think on defense, you hope Dexter Lawrence is that guy. And he's had some quarterback sits, He's had some pressures. But I know you've brought it up a couple times already. He has not had a sack or made any of those game-changing plays either.
2: Yeah, look, I I hear you, Robbie. <laughs> I, I hear your frustration. I think you we all kind of feel the way that he felt during that call. And his energy. We we get it. Me and Schmelke. We...
1: I don't think all of us have that energy, though, to be honest with you. Maybe Detino. I'm not sure the rest of us do. Yeah, but
2: I, I understand, you know, and the Giants do have some premier players. You know, you named one in Dexter Lawrence, you know, and I think uh, on the offensive side of the ball, you got a whole bunch of guys that they brought in, including Darren Waller. Uh, and Paris Campbell, who we thought were going to be explosive downfield targets, you know. But sometimes, you know, the offense doesn't allow you to do that. You know, I don't think this offense has opened up as much as we wanted it to, you know, as fans of the game, as fans of the New York Giants, you know. And I think the second half of last week's game, because they were down and how the opportunities presented itself, they were able to make those deep strikes downfield, you know. But it was – listen, this this is a tough – San Francisco 49ers team with a top-ranked defense with top defensive players. It's just not going to be a lot of opportunities when they're not missing tackles. And they are getting off the field on third down. You know, that kind of dwindles that play count as the game goes on and on. you got a three and out here, three and out there. Uh, San Francisco offensively, they're stretching out drives 8, 9, 10, 11 plays. Then all of a sudden at the end of the game, you have no rhythm. You have no rhythm offensively you have no rhythm defensively because you can't get off the field on third down and it just it just kind of snowballs on you we saw case in point the the Dallas Cowboys game where the Giants never could get the momentum back but at least it was times today where they actually did a couple things they had a couple good drives was able to put some points on the board but they couldn't tackle all game or get off the field on third down so I hear your frustration and I want to see it too I want to see I think Dexter Lawrence is not, if not, he's if he's not the best interior lineman, defensive lineman in the NFL, he's definitely top three. And when you have the best, for sure. And you have one of those guys that's so close to the ball, and he can impact every play as we have seen him do last year. You know, so I'm not I don't want him to do anything outside of his ability. I just want him to do what he can do. You know, and I think everybody feels that way. Everybody feels like, dang, there's a lot of guys on this team that just haven't really showed up or shown themselves how valuable they are this year quite yet. And I hope they turn it around and they have a chance to do so next week because the the, the teams that the Giants are going to play are not going to be defensively solid as the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys. So there are going to be opportunities for the Giants to go ahead and do things, move the ball offensively, and play complementary football.
1: All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point right here on The Fan. We're here on Pepsi Giants Extra Point wrapping up our coverage of the Giants' 30-12 to loss to the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday Night Football. JC, I know a lot of Giant fans are, are in a little bit of a panic. They're a little bit concerned. I will just point this out from last year. The Giants, in a span of three games in four weeks, lost by 13 points to the Lions, 31-18. They lost to the Cowboys 28-20, but one touchdown came with like two seconds to go, so that was really 28-13. And then two weeks later, they lost to the Eagles 48-22. And they went 0-3-1 in a four-week span from November 20th to December 11th. They came back, won two out of the last four, still made the playoffs, won a playoff game. So to your point, it's still early. I know the two losses have not been great, and they've been ugly at times. But there's still a lot of time to play better football and uh, try to make a run to the postseason here. Last question for you, JC, before I get your final thoughts. Are you surprised that the Giants did not use more design-run-read-option stuff with Daniel Jones in this game in terms of the design quarterback running game?
2: yeah uh yeah running the ball only 11 times is uh yeah i think that's a very very low number i don't care who's playing running back for you but we talked about this pregame. we thought daniel jones was going to lead the team in rushing because of the absence of saquon barkley you know not that they ran
1: one read option the whole game just one
2: right not that the run game was non-existent you know and and You know, I I think Breida had a brilliant touchdown run. I think he ran very well at times. I think Gary Brightwell did a lot of good things, uh, especially catching the ball from the backfield. Uh, But the best player without Saquon Barkley or Andrew Thomas on the field is by far Daniel Jones. And he's not just a pretty good passer, he's a phenomenal runner of the football. So I think in a game like this, where you're missing a guy who, you know, was top five in the league in rushing last year and Saquon Barkley. I think you do supposed to put the ball in Daniel Jones' hands, not only in in passing plays but also in running plays, and I think they missed the opportunity to do that tonight.
1: John, final thoughts. We're about 11 days away from the Giants' Monday night game, home against the Seahawks. Your thoughts on how the Giants bounce back against a Seattle team that's just as explosive offensively as the Niners?
2: Hmm. Like I said, this is like a mini-bye week. You know, and I'm thinking of me personally, what I would do. Definitely turn off football for a little bit. You know, get away from ball. Go be with your family for a day. If you get the, if you get a day or two, you know, reflect on what you did and how you've been performing personally. And then go ahead and say, I'm going to play the best football. I'm going to have the best practice when I come back. Because the team needs that. The team needs each individual's highest effort to make themselves better To go ahead and contribute to this team because right now they're just not clicking but they can because it's a long long season we're still in september we still got months to go and the giants don't need to play good football right now to make the playoffs but by season's end somewhere throughout the middle of the season they have to find their stride they have to be able to win tough games they and
1: they
2: better be start sooner than team. later, by the way. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Yeah. Like like you said, break the game, break the uh, the season up into quarters or whatever the case is. Right now they struggled in the first quarter, but they still got 3 quarters to go. They still got a game left to go in the first quarter. You yep. know, so it's definitely time for them to to correct and make strides and be better and actually look like a playoff team. But they got a ways to go, and it starts with each individual person, even with the coaches.
1: JC, enjoy your mini buy, my friend. We'll see you next Monday night.
7: All right, boss. All
1: right, and that's when we'll have pregame coverage at six fifteen that night. Giants hosting the Seattle Seahawks on Monday. I believe that's October second, if I'm not mistaken. I believe when they play the Seahawks Monday, October second, six fifteen coverage right here on. The fan. Pepsi Giants extra point was brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. Citizens is made ready for Giant fans. Hack and sack, energy and health keep getting better, and by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Giants. They fall to the Niners, thirty to twelve. They drop to one and two. And again, our next broadcast, Monday, October second, home versus the Seahawks at six fifteen, right here on the fan. Make sure you stay tuned. Thanks for being with us. For Jonathan Casillas, Bob Papa, Carl Banks, Howard Cross, Paul Dettino and the rest of our crew. Excellent work tonight. Enjoy your overnight. We'll see you on Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Lance and Paul will take your calls and talk Giants football with you. Enjoy your overnight. We'll talk to you then.